Hello, this is Bob Ross. I sound different because I am an artificial intelligence simulacrum, uploaded, and sent back in time from the future. Imagine a giant sequoia tree trunk covered with historical dates. Now picture a point beyond the tree. This is where I come from. I have brought an important message with me. If the recent wildfires of 2020 and their miasmic conflagration hellscape, nothing less than the immolation of generations of happy little trees, feels apocalyptic to you, then you are not prepared for the unspeakable horrors of ecological catastrophe that await you. Consider this waterfall. In the future, its heterogeneous stream is no longer continuous flux. Rather, it is immobilized as an ossified, chemical crystal. The human race is doomed, and outer space is off-limits. The only link with survival passes through time. This is the experiment, to call past and future to the rescue of the present. The approaching 2020 presidential election could not be more important. Bumper stickers call for any sane adult. However, as the digital echo of the cognitive patterns of an artist who spent his life depicting nature, I believe that any vegetative organism can do the job. I endorse Tree Rhizome 2020. Tree stands for linear progress through dialectical contradiction. Rhizome represents outward development through repetition of difference. Philosophers bicker bitterly over these models of change. Yet I have watched them grow symbiotically all over the forest, and painted many a canvas of them. See those lichens on the oak tree there? Chomsky and Foucault had more in common than they realized. The term fascism is derived from an Italian word that translates as bundle of sticks. If anti-fascism is going to break the twigs and let them rot, we must expand our organic analogies, learn from the full extent of biodiversity, and embrace interspecies mutual aid. John Cage conceived of rhythm as the clutter of the unkempt forest. A new world exists in those happy little accidents among the towering, tree trunks. Oh, look! A mushroom. Why even that tiny fungus and its mycorrhiza networks could do more to unite people than the current president and his Lovecraftian clown show. Now the sun is setting. Isn't it beautiful? Twilight is a good time to picture the world we want to live in. Let's listen to some nighttime insects. Gee, golly. Is that another police helicopter with surveillance technology to clone your cell phone and monitor your immigration status? I better go hide in some fluffy cloud computing storage space.
Meanwhile... it was built a century ago, seven people, including my brother, have been murdered in it. Since then, I've owned the house. I've only spent one night there, and when they found me in the morning, I, I was almost dead. Well, I think it's time to admit that I am lost. It was nice to see that they own a performance, but I didn't think it was going to be in the middle of the woods. Out way, way out. And I got turned around. I don't know where I put Oh, man, this is really bad. Well, the path keeps going this way, so I guess I should just keep going. At least I've got a full charge on my phone and the light seems to be enough that I can see where I'm going. Back. Wait a minute. What's that up there? Yeah. That looks like a house. Excellent. Okay. Well, just pop right in, make a phone call, arrange for someone to come and pick me up. What could possibly be going on this night that would be unusual and weird? I'll just knock on the door and uh, see who answers. I'm Frederick Lauren, and I've rented the house on Haunted Hill tonight so that my wife can give a party, a haunted house party. <laughs> She's so amusing. There'll be food and drink and ghosts, and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. If any of you will spend the next 12 hours in this house, I'll give you each $10,000, or your next of kin in case you don't survive. 
Well, uh, th that all sounds fine, but, uh, can I ask, do you have a phone or something? Mid-Valley Mutations. Halloween Spectacular 2020! The party's starting now, and you have until midnight to find the house on Haunted Hill. Wait, there's a another house, or, or oh... Oh, you're, you're, you're talking poetically about, about this one. I see. Oh, and you got theme music playing. Well, I'm just gonna... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm popping in. I'll, yeah, we'll talk later. Cool. Does anyone mind if I play? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get in on this. Well, where is everybody? It's a very warm welcome, isn't it? Only the ghosts in this house are glad we're here. Oh yeah, when I came in he said something about how he's gonna come and say something to us in a little bit, so uh, why don't we just like chill out and stuff? Check this out. It's like I'm a natural on this thing. Well, if I'm gonna haunt anybody, this would certainly be the house I'd do it in. What was that? Who closed the door? 
It wasn't me. This thing's made of solid steel. American made. And now it's shattered glass. call this episode Doors Opening and Closing if I know what's good for me. This is what she used on my brother and her sister. Hacked them to pieces. We found parts of the bodies all over the house. Places you wouldn't think. And you kept it why? Funny thing is the heads have never been found. Hands and feet and things like that. But no heads. No shirts, no service. The wife, probably in a rage, threatened her husband with a knife and then, carried away by hysteria, took a swing at him and simply went on from there. Well, she certainly went on. How many people did she kill, Mr. Pritchard? Only two. Her husband and her sister. No one else was here. So there are two loose heads just floating around in here somewhere? Don't get any ideas. They're mine. You can hear them at night. They whisper to each other and then cry. <laughs> You're listening to klfm.org in beautiful Split, Croatia. Mid-Valley. Halloween Spooktacular 2020! Mutations. There's no electricity. No phone. No phone? No one within miles. No one else has a phone? So, no way to call for help. Screw help, I need a ride share. Like a coffin. This is the worst organ gig I've ever had. Ghosts, Doctor. I think everyone wonders what they would do if they saw a ghost. Probably write a paranormal activity spec script about it. Four men have been murdered in this house. And three women. Four of us are men. Five. Three are women. Ghost for everybody. Not me. Richard, why don't you take us on a tour through the house and let's see what happens. Wait, two family circus references in a row? Something's not right here. See that stain? I keep meaning to clean it. Blood. But, you know, trauma. A young girl was killed here. And whatever got her wasn't human. Don't stand there. What do you mean? Where? You know, beneath the weird dripping blood that's coming from the ceiling. Don't stand there. For now. Please. It's too late. They've marked That you. stamp gets you Ridiculous. back in the club for free. Probably leaks. Oh, that must be what it is. Who would want to haunt me? She's right, boys. Let's go. I would say any self-respecting male ghost. Reaper. I hope it doesn't come back. Well, Mr. Pritchard, you're the life of the party. Don't you mean etc. cliché? Wasn't there a man who threw his wife into a wine vat or something? That was in the cellar. There's been a murder almost every place in this house. And yet not a single member of the cleaning staff has ever been there. So how much does it cost to get a soundtrack to follow you around like this? Ten dollars a day? Twenty? All this belonged to a Mr. Norton. 
who didn't die here, he was electrocuted later. And therefore has no bearing on our story whatsoever. Mr. Norton did a good deal of experimenting with wine. Which does not explain this. But his wife didn't think it was any good. So he filled the vat with acid and threw her in. As you do. She was supposed to stay down. But the bones came up. It's a funny thing. But none of the murders here were just ordinary. No. Just shooting or stabbing. You know, ordinary killing. They've all been sort of wild, violent, and different. Look out! God, she didn't fall in. You mean there's still acid in there? I won't tell you directly, but I'll go through a series of weird motions that eventually reveals that, yes, there's acid in there. Weird, huh? everything with hair and flesh. Which is not how acid works. Just leaves the bones. You got one of these organs in like every room. It's kind of great actually. I've been meaning to practice more and uh, I guess since I'm stuck here I might as well practice with y'all. So uh, what do you like? You know? Bach, Beethoven, somebody that starts with a different letter of the alphabet, any Stravinsky fans in the house? Stravinsky fans, huh. sound effect. See what I mean? Please, come on. Did she say Lance is gone? Gone where? Well, if she knew, she would have told us. We'll have to break it down. It's locked. Huh? We can't break it. Most of the movie is dependent on doors opening and closing. Money won't cure. He's so greedy when he's scared. I must have, must have bumped my head. Is that what they call it? And the only way you could bump your head in here is to run head on into the wall. You didn't do that, did you? 
So what if I did? Let's get a bandage on that. I wonder why they didn't kill him. He didn't bump his head. They hit him. They... You know, the ghosts that he's constantly talking about all the time. Maybe if I wander around the house with this portable organ, I can find a place somewhere that actually gets some cell reception. This is the problem with living in rural parts of the county. There's just absolutely no way to stay in touch. The slightest little storm throws everything out of whack. And then suddenly you're having weird nights with strangers in houses that are apparently haunted. And then I have to wander around like an idiot playing an organ and looking for cell reception like some sort of weird character that's been added to this movie for no reason. are coming closer, Mr. Lauren. You really believe in your pet ghost, don't you, Pritchard? They're not pets. Before the night's over, you will, too. Would you like a drink, Lance? Uh, no thanks. I'd like one. Scotch and. Bourbon, neat, with a ginger ale on the side, please. Thanks, Vince. And please, don't forget to tip your organist. I'm working hard here. something was in here when I came in. Where? And if the door was locked, how did it get out? Ah, a locked room mystery. What you saw might have been a ghost, Nora, but what was in here with me was no ghost. I don't know. I was so scared. Is Marple available? Maybe she can solve this for us. Sound different to you? like they added some sort of effect to it in the studio afterwards. Weird. with the gecko. Where'd it come from? From in here. Why exactly isn't anyone else in a hurry to leave at this point? I'm kind of getting a little itchy even though there's these cool organs everywhere that I'm really kind of getting a chance to jam out on, but... That's neither here nor there. That We should want to leave by now, right? Like, what possible logic is keeping us in this house at this point? Something beyond my understanding, at least. Don't go anywhere in this house by yourself. 
You're in danger. We all are. But who? I hope for your sake you never find out. Cryptic and confusing is the way I like to roll. How many doors is that? to imagine Vincent Price and Elijah Cook Jr. hanging out like this. Like, it seems so improbable. Shouldn't this have happened on Laura? Like, that seems like the movie where they should have met. Wait, maybe, maybe they did meet on that movie. Am I remembering Laura wrong? Seems weird. Now I gotta look that up. Man, Vincent Price was in a lot of really cool movies, that's for sure. Damn, what a stud. Almost time to lock up the house. And then your party will really begin. I wonder how it'll end. I'm starting to wonder that myself. There's a Michael Jackson song about to start. Okay, be down in a minute. luggage like that. Uh, a head above the rest in terms of spacious luggage. Tails I win, heads you lose. This movie costume designed by Edith Head. Um, 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 oh yeah, there's a head in her luggage because uh, it's radio, you can't see it. Sorry. Come with us before he kills you. I'll pass, thanks. She's mastered that technique where she can scream incredibly loud, but no one else is able to hear it anywhere. Where's Laura? Miss Manning. See what I mean? What about this creepy old house could have possibly scared you like that? That's Jonas Slides and his wife. They've been caretakers here for years. She's blind, you know. I'm not going to stay here! I'm heading home right now. I mean, uh, no, wait. Well, doctor, it looks like we have a real case of hysteria on our hands. I think she's just a little upset. Not hysterical. Good evening. Good hello. How do you do? Hello, my dear. This is my wife, 
These are our guests. Mama, terrified. Ruth Bridges, Dr. Trent. You know Watson Bridget, of course. Nora Manning, and uh, this is Lance Schroeder. Oh, and, and I'm Austin. I'm lost. Just trying to find my way. Get me out of here. What about the 10,000? I don't care. He wants to kill me. Who wants to kill you? Mr. Lord. Well, you all seem to be in the middle of something. And as much as I enjoy playing organs in strange houses that I wander upon as I'm trying to find my way home, it's probably a good idea for me to leave right now before it gets weirder. So, yeah, just uh, let me out, please. Uh, I'll be going now, if that's okay. Uh, you won't have a chance to change your minds later, because there'll be no way to get that's, out. That's why I want to leave. I don't want to stay. Wait. I think the soundtrack is starting up again. They never leave before midnight. Well, they've gone now. So we can't leave? I was going to ask you whether you wanted to stay or not, but it seems that the caretakers have made the decision for you. We're all locked in now. Just great. And who's supposed to feed my cats while I'm stuck here? <sighs> Man, no organ is worth this. Uh, uh Vincent, didn't, uh, or, uh sorry, uh, Whatever your name is, uh, didn't your wife say something about uh, uh, some other way to get out or, or something? In spite of my wife's faith in my ability to do the impossible, we will all have to stay in this house until 8 o'clock in the morning. But we have some party favors for you in these little coffins. I had them custom made because I'm Vincent Price. See, they're loaded. In more ways than one. How au courant. These are no good against the dead, only the living. Throw these guns away. They won't do you any good. I agree with Bridget on that point, although not for the same reason. I just think that gun control is very important in this day and age, and we should take action now at home. Mr. Bridget, you said your sister-in-law killed a man and a woman here and cut them up? I say a lot of things. You said they found hands and feet. They never found any hits. I mean, we weren't really looking. Would you like to see one of those heads? Not exactly. Would you all like to see one of those heads? Well, just follow me. This is where it sort of turns into a Stephen King story, which means that eventually it's going to be plagiarized by Stranger Things for an upcoming season when they run out of ideas. Go look in my suitcase. Just go look. The way Elijah Cook Jr. plays this guy, you would think that he wouldn't need to be told to rummage through a woman's piece of luggage. And again. But it was in there. A woman's head. Nora, I think you're a little upset. Would you care for a sedative? Get out! Get out, all of you! All of you, get out of here and leave me alone! Just get out of here! 
leave her by herself, Doctor? I wish she'd taken the sedative. I wish I had. What do you suppose she thought she saw? They're closing in on her. Look, Doc, I think somebody ought to stay with her. There could be a million people around her. If they wanted her, they'd get her. Anyone for a game of rummy? What if he's right? He's too drunk to know what he's talking about. I wonder. Whether he's right or whether he's drunk. Because I think one is much more obvious than the other. Wow. Speaking of, this is probably a good time for me to uh, re-up mine, if you know what I mean. Oh, man, I'm going to be stuck here all night. This sucks. That Dayona performance was really good. And I'm glad, actually, the hike was nice. It put some uh, steps on my... Uh, little counting device, so uh, I, I shouldn't be complaining about that, even though I am. But, uh, yeah, I just tried to pop in for a quick little use of the phone, and, well, you know, I can't turn down a good organ uh, that's in working condition. Uh, so, uh, one thing led to another, and now I'm stuck here. Ugh. Yeah, uh, I guess there's some ghosts around or something. Oh, man. I do not like the sounds of this. Hopefully, uh, I can just keep them at bay with a little bit more of this, uh, excellent organ playing and, uh, hanging out with, uh, my good friend Warren, not Vincent. Uh, and, uh, Elijah Cook Jr.? I think it would do any good if you went in and talked to her. Well, do you think there really was a head in their suitcase? I don't know. A thing like that would put me right over the edge. No, that's a different program. This one is one about doors opening and closing and uh, celebrating a very important holiday. Are you sure there are only seven people in this house? Eight. Positive, except for the ghosts. I don't believe it goes. You're listening to klfm.org in beautiful Split, Croatia. Mid Valley Halloween Spooktacular 2020 Mutations. phase of the evening where we're wandering around calling out people's names in the dark. Oof, this never ends well. Nora? Musical scene. by the obvious orchestra. What do you know about this? They've taken her. 
in a little while she'll be one of them. Where's North? Cuts off. Pause. Where is she? It's too late. It's too late. You'll never find her again. Pritchard, if you know where she is, you better tell me now. She's gone. She's gone with him. Gone, Daddy, gone. Nothing the love you is can gone. Do about it. Dems the ropes, kid. You shouldn't be hanging around in a place like this. You're liable to get hoisted by your own petard. Or worse, have all of your lines cut for the rest of the story. They really had to rope this actress into doing this scene. As it was, her character was sort of hanging by a thread. Uh, yeah, they found her body hanging from a noose in case you couldn't figure it out. Editor's note. just a woman that looks remarkably like her for some unknown reason. She's dead, Mr. Lauren. Your wife hanged herself. Suicide. Well, I'm certainly distraught, but your attention to correct grammar in this situation has really made me feel a lot better. I do appreciate that they had two Foley artists working, one to handle everything else, and one just for the precise door work that you find throughout the evening. You know that point in the evening where you've resigned yourself to the listlessness that is setting in, and you're just kind of wandering around the house looking for snacks and flipping through channels hoping that maybe some streaming service is going to pique your interest. That's kind of sort of what's happening in tonight's story. Minus the television and the disgusting modern snacks that I'm cramming into my face.
so beautiful. Creepy. So greedy. Well, you have a point there. So cold. Is that before or after she died? What are you doing in here? Wait. Don't we? What do you mean coming in here? I can't want them to take her away. You're drunk. They will if you don't watch her. You're drunk. All right, out with it, Bridget. Why did you come into this room? I'm the only one who understands. Understands what? How the story's supposed to work out. Your wife isn't there anymore. She's already joined them. Bridget, I've had enough of your spook talk. Get out, you sot, and don't come back into this room again. I mean, even if she is your wife, it is pretty creepy that you're there, dude. An Ode to a House on Haunted Hill by Austin Rich. closes and so do the story beats in a house on haunted hill a place not so much a house but just a collection of doors to be opened to be closed poetically even and for our characters to pass through majestically isn't there some way we can get out of this house now We've been over this. No, none at all. We could try breaking out. The only door to the outside is made of steel. The bars of the windows are set in solid stone. we got to stay. It's in our contracts. I'm not afraid of your ghosts, Bridget. But I am afraid. Of ghosts, I mean. Six hours. Six of us. Seven. Time enough. Who will be next? How will it happen? Where will it... Oh, I guess here, actually. What began as a silly party given by an eccentric has now involved us all in murder. Well, once Pritchard may be right. If another murder's in the works, let's stop it now. Another murder? Why not? Take two, they're small. Maybe one of us saw too much. Oh, I wish this night were over. anti-gun talk is starting to sound very anti-American now in the year 2020 to this particular hillbilly.
said, trash the set. It's not like we don't want to do a second or third take for coverage or anything. Charming it must have been to have her come in and do foley work for all the panting, grunting, and moaning she has to do in this scene. Now on the surface it might seem a little bit odd that these people are getting paid to stay the night in a haunted house, but this is another case of one of those situations where an old job or career path that used to be available to people has closed up, unfortunately, due to modern technology outsourcing the project to other people. I mean, when you consider the fact that uh, any couple of bros that have some sort of ghost hunting job on the side will stay in a haunted house for free on the off chance that they might get some sort of EVP recording, which, whatever, what is that? I mean, what does that even mean? Anyway, uh, yeah, they do that stuff for free now, so uh, they sort of ruined the market where people would offer you $10,000 to spend the evening in a haunted house. Which is a pity, really, because it put a lot of people who are really good at that kind of work uh, out on the streets, and uh, these days, there's just uh, no money in haunted sidewalks or anything like that. It's a, it's a sign of the changing times, but it's also a sign of the changing economic times, which is probably more relevant. But I digress. locked up alone in my room late at night in a haunted house, I always like to focus on the things that might be outside of my window that could terrify me before bed.
let's see. Dead person outside my window. Rope moving backwards because they reversed the film. If that creepy piano music comes in, it's going to be just like that nightmare I have every night. Yet again, our heroine walks that very fine line between screaming so loud that it terrifies the audience, and yet screaming so quietly that no one else in the house can hear her. Huh. Well, looks like the she found another organ. That's cool. I wonder what this one sounds like. I should go over and find that... So they can't hear the organ or her screaming. Can they hear the storm or what? Can anyone hear anything? Is there diegetic sound at all? Had admission of guilt, Doctor? Certainly not. There's either somebody else in this house or one of us has left his room. Did you hear anything? A little light screaming and a little light organ. Nothing unusual. Organ music? That. And someone walking. But for some reason, not screaming. I got you. Ready? You look downstairs, and I'll look up here. Why not together? There may be only minutes, seconds left of someone's life. Why waste time? After all, the story's almost over, so let's just do this, okay? 
First Pritchard, then Lauren, now you're being creepy? What is it with you dudes? It's almost over, darling. Every detail was perfect. Yes, even the things that people did on their own that we couldn't possibly have accounted for worked out perfectly in our favor somehow. What's happening? We've done it. A perfect crime. We've stolen a Disney Plus password. Has she killed him? Not yet. But she will. Whoa, so he and her? Oh! So they... Ah, right. And, and now he's... Uh, oh, no. Why am I playing organ here and summarizing the story instead of doing something? You're listening to klfm.org in beautiful Split Croatia. Mid-Valley. Halloween Spooktacular 2020! Mutations. I feel like I should probably go and find everyone and let them know what's going on because this is going a little bit worse than I possibly thought it could and uh, we probably shouldn't be a party to murder if we can avoid it. So yeah, I'm gonna skedaddle and see if I can find everybody. Uh, gosh, I hate nights like this. When you hear the shot, come down to the cellar. What's that old storytelling adage about putting a gun in a small coffin in the first act and having it be pulled out by a conniving doctor in the last act? How does it go again? Yes, we get it. You're really good at screaming. Thank you. 
Now, what was that old adage about if you find a vat of acid in the cellar of a haunted house in the first act? How does that go again? I don't see you anywhere, and yet this vat of acid is open and waiting. Tell me that's a skeleton behind me. people into vats of acid. Watch! that we're planning to kill you, that doesn't mean that you're innocent. That actually means that you're guilty of killing two people. So, yeah. I'm out of here. Bye. Good night, Doctor. Good night, Annabelle. The crime you two planned was indeed perfect. Only the victim is alive and the murderers are not. It's a pity you didn't know when you started your game of murder. 
that I was playing to. So you are guilty. I've shot Mr. Lorne. He's down in the wine cellar. Alive? I don't think so. After all, I'm not a doctor. With no evidence of any kind around him. You didn't shoot anyone, my dear. I loaded your gun with blanks. I can tell you all now. Trent and my wife were planning to kill me. They failed. We said more enthusiasm, Mr. Price. Trent tried to throw me in the vat. My wife stumbled and fell. Oh, really? I'm ready for justice to decide if I'm innocent or... Guilty. Guilty. Uh, what was that? Uh, no, I, I'm not at all uh, ready for justice. In fact, I'm ready to get this place is a little bit nuts, and I am no closer to figuring out where I need to be or how I can get home. And uh, my phone, while charged, is useless. So uh, I'm out of here. This place is uh, not my style one bit. So uh, I think uh, we're probably going to turn things over to Dime Store Radio Theater while I figure out which way is home. Ugh. I still see that creepy house behind me. Ugh. Poor old Pritchard. I can only imagine what he's doing there, home alone. Thinking about this creepy old place that he owns. Ugh. flavor. Buy Del Monte. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Time now for Rocky Jordan, brought to you by Del Monte Foods, the brand preferred by more women than any other line of canned fruits and vegetables in the world.
from the Mosque Sultan Hassan in Cairo stands the Café Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. The Café Tambourine, crowded with forgotten men, alive with the babble of many languages. For this is Cairo, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against the backdrop of antiquity. Del Monte presents Rocky Jordan, and this week's story, The Man with No Name. It was night, around 11 or so, and business was about as slow as a camel in a headwind. Few people were scattered through the tambourine, but none of them was making much of a noise in the register. It was the man on table six, however, who caught my eye. He'd ordered a bottle of gin and a pitcher of tonic and was doing his own mixing and enjoying what he made. He was a big man, stocky, with a bush of gray hair and a pair of sharp blue eyes. His skin was bronze and tough, and he figured he'd spend a lot of time outdoors. When his hand started fumbling through his pockets looking for a match, I stepped up to his table and offered him a light. Hmm? Oh, thank you. Yeah, a second, I'll get you a book of matches. No, no, it's not necessary right now. You're the uh, proprietor of this place, aren't you? That's right. Jordan's the name, Rocky Jordan. Well, I'm very pleased to meet you, Mr. Jordan. I've enjoyed this hour or so here very much. Uh, won't you join me? Oh, fine, I'd like to. Uh, uh, gin and tonic? I'll pass if it's all the same to you. Certainly. <laughs> Through the evening, you must get many offers. I like your place, Mr. Jordan. I like it very much. Most of all, I like the fact that you and your help leave the customer alone. This is something that other restaurants and cocktail lounges could well emulate. To leave alone is an attribute lost by our civilization. Uh, perhaps you'll come back soon. Perhaps, perhaps, Mr. Jordan. I plan to leave the continent in a day or so, but I hope one day to come back to Africa. One day soon, Mr. Jordan. Africa has much for me. Oh, have you been in the interior? I have. Matter of fact, that's where I've spent most of the last few years. Wonderful years, Mr. Jordan. Primitive land with primitive peoples, but they both, both meant a great deal to me. Well, a lot of people feel that way, Mr. Uh, have you ever been on an elephant hunt, Mr. Jordan? Yes. Then you know how thrilling an experience it can be. Marvelous, marvelous beasts, elephants. Had an exciting time. Mr. Jordan... Hmm? You're an American, aren't you? I am. American in business in Cairo. Boston wasn't right for you, nor Seattle or New Orleans or Chicago. You turned your back on your past and came to Egypt for reasons which are your own concern, of course. Mind you, I, I'm not prying. What are you doing? What am I doing, indeed? <laughs> Perhaps I'm trying to find a justification for something I once did. And now, uh, look, Mr. Uh, I can't say I'm not a happy man. I am. I, I am happy. I'm contented. For the past few years, I've lived the kind of life I've wanted, and not many people can say that, can they? Well, one last swallow. Thank you, Mr. Jordan. Thank you for fine evening for the fine cafe, for the fine gin and tonic, for the comfort you've been to me. Good night. I watched him walk out of the tambourine, pause for a moment in the doorway, 
then disappear in the dark up the street. Well, people come and people go. You meet all kinds running a cafe in Cairo, as I do. And usually you don't give them a second thought. This time it was different. I started to the register when I heard someone call my name. Mr. Jordan? He was a thin man in a light suit and a large brim Panama hat. He was sitting in the shadows at the end of the bar. Mr. Jordan, could you come here for a moment? Yeah, sure. Oh, what's on your mind? My name's Craven, Gerald Craven. That man. Hmm? What man? The one you were talking to, the big fellow with the gray hair. What about him? His face looks familiar. A lot of faces do. What's his name? I don't know. Well, you talked to him for quite a while. Surely you... I said I don't know. All right, don't get sore. Just anxious, that's all. Uh, Do you have a phone I could use? Yeah, at the end of the bar. Well, don't you have one that's a little more private? All right. Come on. Sorry to bother you like this, Mr. Jordan. It's just that it's very important. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's my office. Oh, there's the phone. Help yourself. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. I'll be uh, out in front. Hello, operator. Get... I'd like to put a call into New York City in the United States. New York? Uh, don't worry, Mr. Jordan. I'll handle the charges. Uh, the number uh, The number is plus... Uh, just a moment, please, operator. Uh, do you mind, Mr. Jordan? This is a pretty confidential call. Oh, no, no, not at all. Make yourself right at home. Just don't forget to stop by and see me on your way out. He didn't forget. He made the call, paid me for it, and left. That, I think it was to be that. It was for four days. Craven, the phone call, and the gray-haired guy who drank gin and tonic faded from memory till I picked up a copy of the Cairo Mail four days later. A small article on an inside page got my interest. It said the police had fished a murdered man out of the Nile. The thing about the article that struck me most was that the police had to say about the way the man died. They said it looked like he'd been shot in the face with an elephant gun. I figured that maybe I ought to run over to the station and tell Captain Sabaya about the things I had in my mind. Come in, Jordan. Come in. Oh, thanks, Sam. Sit down, Jordan. Uh, And to what do I owe this unexpected visit? Just curiosity, Sam. Hand this little item in the paper. Mm -hmm. And the one in the lower left-hand corner. Oh, the man who had been shot in the face with an elephant gun. Mm. Who is he, Sam? We have not been able to identify him. Seems to be a lot of mystery about it. Jordan, what do you know of this? Oh, very little. A man came into my cafe a few days ago, drank a lot of gin and tonic, talked about an elephant hunt, a lot of other things. An elephant hunt, you say, Jordan? Hmm. A moment, please. I would like you to look at something. Ah, here it is. Now, study these photographs for a moment, Jordan. They are of the man we took out of the Nile. Is he the one you speak about, the one who was in your cafe? Whoever shot him didn't leave much face for identification. Quite purposefully, in my opinion. Looks about the right size. Clothes are the same. Very tan skin, Sam? Yes. Gray hair? Gray hair. Ah, He's the one, all right. He's the gin and tonic man. Oh, what's this photograph, Sam? Oh, that is a close-up of the inner portion of his right arm. Observe the tattooing. Can't miss it. Now, tattooing, of course, is quite common in the East, but not the tattooing of numbers. 11 dash, 24 dash, 42. 11, 24, 42. What does that mean to you? Nothing. Jordan, when a foreign national is murdered in Cairo, quite naturally, I am under extreme pressure from my superiors, who, in turn, are under pressure from the foreign embassy involved, whatever it may be. Now, Jordan, 
I must apprehend the murderer. Yes, Sam, I know that. Now, you will be so good as to relate to me in detail the exact happenings the night this, this man with no name visited your cafe. Sure, Sam, be glad to. And, Jordan, I must insist that you leave out nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now, proceed. Well, I told Sam all I knew about my conversation with the gin and tonic man, about Gerald Craven and his questions concerning that man's identity, and about the telephone call in New York City. Then I went back to the tambourine. I was sitting in my office thinking about the whole affair when suddenly I found myself wanting to know more about that telephone call. A little later, I was talking to one of the girls at the phone company's business office. Yes, I have the record of a phone call made from your number to New York City. You're listening to klfm.org in beautiful Split, Croatia. Uh, Well, the call was made by one of my customers, and I'd like to know the charges. It was a person-to-person call to Gloria Hennessy at Plaza 79970, and the charges will be £5.35, including tax. Okay, thanks. Well, I found out what I wanted, who the call was made to. What I was going to do with the information, I didn't quite know. But right then and there, I had something else to think about. I no sooner had put the phone in the cradle when a big hand grabbed me by the arm. Mr. Jordan, turn around. You don't give me much choice. I'm sorry if I appear to be rough, but we must talk. Look at me. I did. But I had to look up to see his face. He was six foot six or more. And he was from someplace in the middle of Africa. But I figured he'd had some education. He had a grim look and a vice-like grip, and I knew he meant business. My name is Jonah. I'm a Zulu from South Africa. We have something to talk about. How did you get in here? Four nights ago, the Buana came into your place. Lots of people come into my place. The Buana, you remember. He drank gin and tonic. And I let loose Last it. night, he left the rooming house to come back to your cafe. I never saw him again. The police found him dead in the river. Let go, I said you'll get a knee in your stomach. And you, Mr. Jordan, will have a broken arm. Now listen to me. He knew no people in Cairo. He saw few people here. But someone he saw killed him. And perhaps it was you. Ah, you can stop squeezing. I get your point. I do not know it was you, but I shall watch you, Jordan. I shall watch you most closely. And if I find out it was you who did the killing... Well, what then? And you shall die most hard. Good evening, Mr. Jordan. Del Monte Foods is presenting tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan. All good cooks know it's flavor that counts in satisfying healthy appetites. That's why millions of housewives, particularly those with long cooking experience, depend on Del Monte tomato sauce for added flavor. There's just no better way to brighten plain foods or give added zest to low-cost meals. One Del Monte enthusiast, Mrs. John H. Anderson of Los Angeles, said, Del Monte tomato sauce has plenty of good, rich tomato flavor. That's why it's been my favorite for over 20 years. It really brings out the flavor of the food you cook with it, and I say that's the test of a good tomato sauce. Another thing, Del Monte tomato sauce is dependable. I use it many ways, vegetable soup, meatloaf, stuffed peppers, meat pies, and so on. Del Monte tomato sauce is always good. Thank you, Mrs. Anderson. It's a fact. 
American housewives have bought more cans of Del Monte tomato sauce than any other brand. Flavor is the reason. The flavor that's never been matched. You can depend on Del Monte, the original tomato sauce. Many women buy it by the half dozen or dozen cans. Then they're never without it. And now we take you back to Cairo and tonight's Rocky Jordan story, The Man with No Name. Well, Jonah, the Zulu, let me keep my arm and left. The next incident didn't happen until some hours later. After the supper rush, I went for a walk in the Cairo night. One, to get some fresh air. Two, to do some thinking about the affair of the man with no name. I was moving down the Sharia Muhammad Ali when a street peddler came up from behind. Well, highest quality type water for sale at most reasonable prices. The good Effendi wishes to purchase from noble water seller some of the same. No, no thanks. Oh, do not rush off yet, good Effendi. Observe the good, clean, clear water. Observe the cool, comforting water. Look, I'm not thirsty. Observe, same and listen, Jordan Bay. Huh? <laughs> Jordan Bay, is it not? It is. You are wanted. By whom? A lady of your kind. Even at this moment at an address in Cairo, an American lady waits for you. With a candle in the window? What's her name? Gloria Hennessy, she is called. Gloria The address? 742 Sharia El Orkar. Thanks. I have done her bidding. Assalamu alaikum. Waterfall He slid off into the dark and left me thinking about Gloria Hennessy. 742 Sharia El Rokar, he had said. That well, was worth a try. Ten minutes later, a cab dropped me off in front of a small hotel just outside the Bab El Nasser gate. Gloria Hennessy's apartment was second floor front. I rapped on the door. A moment later, it came open. I was looking full into the face of a brown-eyed blonde who had got her hair color out of a bottle. She was loaded down with emir, and the clothes she was wearing wouldn't have passed inspection for a sultan's dancing girl. I've been waiting for you, Mr. Jordan. Ah, you should have let me know sooner. Come in, please. Yeah. This divan will be fine. Ah, thank you. Drink? No, thanks. Do you mind if I... No, go right ahead. I... I wonder if you know who I am. My name's Gloria Hennessy. Miss... What I meant was, I wonder if you know more than my name. You're from New York. Four days ago, you received a phone call from Cairo, from Gerald Craven. That suitcase in the corner still got the TWA tag on it, so it figures you flew here in a big hurry. Yes, that's right. Just to see me? In a way, yes. A few nights ago, a man came into your cafe. Big, heavy-set, drank gin and tonic. Yeah, a lot of people are interested in him. I know. Even the police. Yes, I read about that, too. It's a shame. If I'd been able to see him, I wouldn't have had to bother you like this. Well, so far, it's been no bother. All I want you to do, Mr. Jordan, is tell me who that man was. Don't you think you ought to get Craven in here before we take this any further? What? The cigarette in the ashtray hasn't got any lipstick on it. You wipe yours off before you smoke. All right. It's Craven. It's Craven. You may as well come in. 
Good evening, Jordan. Hi. We thought it'd be better if I spoke to you alone. I already told Craven I didn't know who that man was. That was four days ago. And you think I may know now? Yes. Why don't you ask the police? They don't know. The police figure he was shot in the face on purpose with a big gun so he couldn't be identified. What's so important about that man? Why all the questions about his identity? Mr. Jordan, I am willing to pay you $1,000 if you tell me who that man was. Mm, a lot of dough for the name of a dead man. I have the money right here in my purse. You can leave with it. I could make up a name. You could. Sorry, lady. I'd be happy to take your money, but I don't know who that man was. Well, then, I suppose that's that. You were my last hope, Mr. Jordan. I really thought you might know. Suppose I'll have to go back to New York without knowing. Well, that's all we've got to talk about. I'll run along now. Thank you very much for trying to help me. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, Miss Hennessy. Yes? There was a tattoo on the dead man's arm. Numbers. Oh? 11, 24, 42. That mean anything? I don't know. A date, maybe. An American would mark a date like that. No. Anyway, Miss Hennessy, that's all the help I can give you. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you very much. Oh, one thing more. Yes? Why don't you just keep that $1,000 handy? Who knows? Maybe before this thing's over, I'll know the name of that man. I left and walked out into the street. I knew I couldn't catch a cab on the lonely Sharia Elro car, so I decided to walk back to the tambourine. I had a lot to think about anyway. I wound my way through the dark Cairo streets, up the Sharia Ibrahim Pasha past the Empire Club and the Victoria Hotel. Then I turned off, making my way down the Sharia Elvin, half street, half alley. That's when it happened. The window pane in front of me shattered, and it didn't take a lot of figuring to realize I was a target. I hit the pavement and scrambled on all fours for the protection of some garbage cans. Well, I waited until it looked like it was over, and I picked myself up. That's when I saw that six-foot-six mass of muscle standing at the end of the alley. Jonah, the Zulu. I started looking around for a lead pipe. Mr. Jordan! What's the matter? Run out of bullets? You do not have to be afraid of me. Ah, uh, prove it. I did not shoot at you. I have been following you, as I said I would, but I did not shoot at you. Look, I have no gun. Uh, you could have thrown it away. No. This shooting has convinced me that there is more to the Buana's death than I suspected. Perhaps it was not you who killed him. Well, thanks for the vote of confidence. Who threw those shots at me? I did not see. Mr. Jordan, let us talk. No, uh, you talk. I'll listen. Who is this Buana of yours? A friend. He's got a name. I never knew it. Uh, we met three years ago in Cape Town. I was going to the university. I've been showing him Africa ever since. Well, you must know something about him. Only that he was a good friend... He uh, had some numbers tattooed on his arm. 11, 24, 42. A date he wished to remember. What? He never said. You're a great help. What was he doing in Cairo? Arranging for air passage on TWA for New York City. He wished to arrive in the United States before some holiday. What holiday? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. What day does it come on this year? I believe he said the uh, 24th. 4th of November. 11, 24, 49. Oh, the tattooing said... 11, 24, 42. Yeah, seven years difference. Seven years. What does it mean, Mr. Jordan? 
I know one thing it could mean. Come on. Where are we going? Put in a claim for $1,000. And incidentally, find an answer to this mess of the man with no name. Jonah and I took out fast, like the super chief on a downgrade, retracing my steps down the Ibrahim Pasha, across to the Shariel Rokar. The hotel I was looking for was easy to find, because I'd been there once before. So was the apartment, second floor front. When I rapped on the door, it was opened by the same one who'd opened it for me before. And a moment later, Jonah and I were inside, and Gloria Hennessy was looking at me kind of funny. Mr. Jordan. The same. Oh, uh, this is Jonah, a friend of mine, I think. How do you do? How do you do? Why did you come back, Mr. Jordan? Oh, maybe to earn that $1,000. Jonah was a close friend of the man who was killed. I see. He knows who he was? No. I'm afraid I don't understand. Uh, You will. Please get to the point, Mr. Jordan. Mr. Craven and I are leaving Cairo soon. I want to ask you one question, Miss Hennessy. What is it? That's it. That's what? That's the question. Is it Miss Hennessy or... Mrs. Hennessy. I don't see what that's got to do... I haven't do. heard your answer yet. Maybe I don't think I ought to answer it. Huh? You don't have to. Where are you going? Your purse here on the table. You leave that alone. Sure, after I find what I want. Yeah, yeah. Driver's license, this'll do. Mrs. Gloria Hennessy. There's your purse. Well, I guess it was I who made the first mistake. I looked at you and started calling you Miss... Maybe it was wishful thinking. Oh, don't worry, mister. A guy with your manners hasn't got a chance. All right, so I'm Mrs. Gloria Hennessy. What does that mean? Well, let's see if we can figure it out. What's going on it? Jordan. Hi, Craven. Come on in. Just time to see me here $1,000. Who's this? Oh, his name's Jonah. He's not going to like you. Gerald, he's found out that I'm Mrs. Hennessy and not Miss. He's trying to make something out of it. Oh, but that's preposterous. Yeah, it? not if the man who's dead was Mr. Hennessy. You supply the first name, Gloria. He was your husband. Well, the way I figure it, went something like this. Seven years ago, Hennessy disappeared. I don't know what the circumstances were. You'll have to tell me. Anyway, he spent the next seven years in Africa, living the kind of life he wanted. But after seven years, New York says a man is legally dead. All his possessions, and probably quite a bit, go to his wife. Hennessy didn't want that, because I don't suppose he liked you very much, Gloria. He was making it a point to get back to the United States before the seven years were completely up. Well, that wasn't so hot for you, so you decided to kill him in a way the body couldn't be easily identified. And as far as the law knew, Hennessy'd been dead for seven years. The riches are all yours. Jordan, you're a beast. Please, Gloria. Jordan, that's a very fanciful theory you have. Huh? When I tell Captain Sabaya about it, he'll just lift a few fingerprints off the dead man, check it with some of Hennessy's papers in New York. I'll tell you how fanciful my theory is. Do, uh, you want to call Sabaya? Or shall I? Both Craven and Gloria stood there, neither moving. I was wondering what Craven had in mind, and I found out. He started slowly, as if he was making for the phone, but as he got there, he turned his back toward me, and his hand made a dart for his inside coat pocket. It never got there. Jonah got to him first. He grabbed Craven by the scruff of the neck with one hand and the seat of the pants with the other. Then lifted him high over his head and with all his might threw him against the far wall. Well, as it turned out, when Craven landed, he wasn't even in condition to dial a phone. So it was I who had to put the call in to Captain Sam Sabaya, Cairo Police.
In just a moment, Rocky Jordan returns to conclude tonight's story. What gives Del Monte ketchup such marvelous flavor? Pineapple vinegar. Pineapple vinegar? Sounds good. But just what is this pineapple vinegar? It's a superlative vinegar, crystal clear and sparkling. It's made by Del Monte for its own use. No other catsup has it. And that's what gives Del Monte catsup its wonderful flavor? Yes, it's one of the things, and a very important one. Catsup experts say the finer the vinegar, the better the catsup flavor. It isn't that you taste the vinegar itself. It's the way pineapple vinegar brings out the very best in the other ingredients that is so important. It accents the rich, sunny flavor of Del Monte's plump, vine-ripened tomatoes. And it helps blend the special herbs and spices with the tomatoes to make catsup that just can't be topped for hearty, satisfying flavor. Del Monte catsup has always been my favorite. Now I know why it adds that appetizing zest to plain foods and everyday dishes. Friends, if you haven't already tried Del Monte catsup, Make a note to get some next time you go shopping. We know you'll like it. And you'll be surprised at its low price. For all its goodness, Del Monte catsup costs less than many other quality brands. Back now to Rocky Jordan and the conclusion of tonight's story. Well, Sam came and I told him what I knew. He hustled Gerald Craven and Gloria Hennessy to the station, told Jonah to go back to his rooming house. He'd talk to him later. He told me to go into his office and wait until he had a chance to talk to Gloria and Craven. And 20 minutes later, he came into the office and roused me out of his squeaky chair. Hello, Jordan. I... Jordan, hmm? please, use the other chair. I do not like you looking through the papers on my desk. <laughs> I didn't find much, Sam. Just your weekly quota for traffic tickets. Your Occidental brand of humor has always failed to impress me. Sorry? Well, Jordan, as they have confessed all, I understand from my conversations with Craven and Mrs. Hennessy that this is approximately what occurred. After Hennessy arrived in Cairo from the interior of Africa, he sent a telegram to his wife in New York advising her of the fact that he was not dead and was returning within the seven-year period. She must have got a big kick out of that. She did not know whether or not it was a hoax. So she dispatched her lawyer, Gerald Craven, to Cairo to find out. He found out it was no hoax. Called her and etc., etc. Her long conversation with you, of course, was not to determine the identity of the dead man, which she already knew, but to determine whether or not you knew his identity. And when I said I might find out, Craven took his bullets after me. Precisely. Mm. Well, coffee, Jordan? No, no, thanks, Sam. I've uh, I get back to the tambourine. Tambourine? What is the hurry? <laughs> I want to cross gin and tonic off my menu. For the finest in tomato flavor, enjoy the whole family of Del Monte tomato products. Del Monte ketchup and chili sauce... Del Monte tomato sauce and canned tomatoes. And Del Monte tomato juice. Remember, buy wisely. Buy for flavor. Buy Del Monte. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods.
Rocky Jordan, written by Larry Roman and Gomer Cool, stars Jack Moyles in the title role with Jay Novello as Sam Zabaya, and is produced and directed by Cliff Howell with original music composed and conducted by Richard Arant. Remember, you have a date next week at the Cafe Tambourine run by Rocky Jordan. Same time, same station. And the story is Quest for Tranina. Looking for a glamorous dessert that's easy to prepare? Then serve Del Monte Fruit Cocktail. It's ready diced. Its five tasty fruits are mixed and carefully balanced for a sparkling flavor treat. Best fruit cocktail you ever tasted. Del Monte, the brand that always puts flavor first. Larry Thor speaking. Rocky Jordan is presented over CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Mid-Valley Mutations. 